You're listening to A Sure Hope with Pastor Dave Shank of Calvary Chapel, Cape May in Cape May, New Jersey. Join us as Pastor Dave teaches verse by verse through God's Word. characteristics or what are the characteristics of a true friend well I have a few here a true friend accepts you as you are a true friend believes in you a true friend calls you just to say hi a true friend doesn't give up on you a true friend envisions the whole of you not just the unfinished parts a true friend forgives your mistakes gives unconditionally helps you in your time of need In today's message, Pastor Dave will examine what a true friend looks like. A true friend is one who will help to guide you towards truth, goodness, and most importantly, Christ. A true friend is one who is willing to have hard conversations because they love you. As Christians, it should be our goal to be good friends to our friends. Now, here's Pastor Dave in the book of John chapter 15 as he begins his message. What a friend we have in Jesus. We're going to continue in the Gospel of John. So please turn in your Bibles to John 15. Uh, We're going to look specifically at verses 12 through 15. We'll read through 17, but we're looking at 12 through 15. Going through the Gospel of John, as you turn to chapter 15, you'll notice that in 15 and most of 16 and 17, If you have a red letter Bible, you notice that all those words are in red, which means these are Jesus' words. Jesus is speaking. He's talking to his disciples as they make their way now from the upper room where they had the Last Supper, as they make their way now to the Garden of Gethsemane on this most um, difficult time that Jesus is spending the last times with his disciples. And he wants them to know some important things. So let's read John 15, beginning in verse 12. I'll read aloud if you want to follow along silently, please. This is my commandment, that you love one another as I have loved you. Greater love has no one than this, than to lay down one's life for his friends. You are my friends if you do whatever I command you. No longer do I call you servants, for a servant does not know what his master is doing, but I have called you friends for all things that I have heard from my father I have made known to you. So it's been said that one of the biggest needs of most people in today's world is the need for a friend. Everyone needs a friend. Someone said without friends, life can be almost too difficult to bear at times without friends. It's been said that if you have one best friend in your lifetime, you have lived a successful life. But we must choose our friends wisely. We must choose our friends wisely. In fact, 
the father of our nation, George Washington, said this a long time ago, quote, associate yourself with men of good quality if you esteem your own reputation, for tis better to be alone than in bad company, unquote. So friendship is extremely important to us. I don't know, try to do a website search of songs about friends. And do you know there's over several hundred songs that contain friendship or, or friends of some sort? You know, thank you for being a friend. You know, all those songs. With a little help from me, friends, you know. But I found one that I really liked. It's an oldie but a goodie. We'll see how many of you remember this one. And as I was typing, this one came to mind. And I looked at it. And I said, this is the kind of friend I want. This is the kind of friend that I want. The lyrics go like this. If you're ever in a jam, here I am. If you're ever in a mess, SOS. If you ever feel so happy that you land in jail, I'm your bail. If you're ever down the well, ring my bell. And if you're ever up a tree, phone to me. Yes, sirree. If you ever lose the teeth and you're out to dine, you can borrow mine. <laughs> if they ever black your eyes, put me wise. If they put a bullet through your brain, I'll complain. If you lose your mind, I'll be kind. If you lose your shirt, I'll be hurt. If you're ever in a mill and they saw you in half, I won't laugh. Then... The chorus, it's friendship, friendship, just a perfect blendship. When other friendships have been forgot, ours will still be hot. Who sang it? Julie Garland. But seriously, most of us have many acquaintances in our lives, but we have very few true friends. And unfortunately, the friends we do have sometimes prove not only unfriendly, but even unfaithful. Did you ever think about Jesus' friend, Judas? Friends with Jesus are so, he thought, three years, maybe three and a half. Psalm 41.9 kind of speaks about Judas, and it speaks about a friend that you may have had. Certainly speaks to my heart. Psalm 49.9 says this, he who eats bread with you and then lifts up his heel against you. Sadly, this has happened in my life. Even devoted friends may fail us when there is need. James, Peter, and John will fall asleep in the garden when Jesus told them to stay awake and pray. Peter will deny Jesus three times in the coming hours. So what are the characteristics of a true friend? What are the characteristics of a true friend? It was Solomon who wrote this, quote, if anybody wants to have a friend, let him show himself to be a friend. Proverbs 18, 24. So what Solomon is basically saying is, you want friends? Be a friend. What is the characteristics, or what are the characteristics of a true friend? Well, I have a few here. 
A true friend accepts you as you are. A true friend believes in you. A true friend calls you just to say hi. A true friend doesn't give up on you. A true friend envisions the whole of you, not just the unfinished parts. A true friend forgives your mistakes, gives unconditionally, helps you in your time of need, invites you over. A true friend just wants to be with you. A true friend keeps you at heart, loves you for who you are. A true friend makes a difference in your life and never judges you. A true friend offers support, picks you up, quiets your fears, raises your spirits, says nice things about you. A true friend tells you the truth when you need to hear it. A true friend understands you, values you. A true friend explains things to you when you don't understand. A true friend yells at you when you don't listen. And a true friend zaps you back to reality. How about that? A true friend. You know, it says a brother is born in times of adversity, but there is a friend who sticks closer to a brother. And that's what we're going to talk about today. That friend who sticks closer to us than a brother. We see that friendship is a relationship between two people built upon admiration, affection, and love. But Jesus, in our scriptures today, calls us friends. He calls us friends and not servants. And our friendship with him is based on three things that I saw in today's scriptures. Scriptures. Our friendship with him is based upon love, most definitely, but it's also based upon obedience and it's based upon knowledge. Jesus and his disciples, as I said, are making their way from the upper room where they had the Last Supper to the Garden of Gethsemane. They are going through the streets of Jerusalem. They're going to go out the East Gate. They're going to come down into the Valley of Kidron. They're going to cross the Brook Kidron, and they're going to go up the, the mountaintop into the Garden of Gethsemane, which is at the foot of the Mount of Olives. As Jesus was walking with them, he talks about this new relationship that they were going to have one to another. He says, abide in me and I in you. And he used the allegory of the vine and the branches as his model. He said, just as the branch cannot bear fruit apart from the vine, neither can you bear fruit apart from me. Jesus is telling him that. If we abide in Jesus and his words abide in us, then we will be obedient to his commandments. This is what obedience looks like. But before I get to that, the first piece of friendship that Jesus wants his disciples to know is love. Look at verse 12. This is my commandment, that you love one another as I have loved you. And in this, Jesus is repeating this commandment. If you remember back in the supper area, in verse chapter 13, verses 34 and 35, Jesus said this very words. A new commandment I give you, love one another as I have loved you. Why is it so important that we love one another? 
Well, Jesus tells us in John 13, 35, they will know you are my disciples by the love you have for one another. This is what Jesus is telling them. Now, we must realize that this word friends that Jesus is going to use is a lot different than what we think friends would be. The friends here gives you the idea of the inner court of the king, the inner circle of the king. Jesus is inviting you into his inner circle. He's inviting you into his inner circle. In fact, in John 3, 29, this word means best man at a wedding. The best man at the wedding is usually a very, very close friend or brother of the bridegroom, correct? The best man of the wedding. So that's what it's referring to. The friend of the king would be close to him. He would know his secrets, but yet he would always be subject to the king because after all, he was king. He would obey his commands. But the word also carries with it equality. Let me explain. Equality meaning we are all on the same level of friendship with Jesus. Hence, he's coming against the disciples when they kept on saying, I'm the greatest. No, 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 I'm the, no, 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 I'm the greatest. Jesus is saying, no, if you're my friends, you are all equal in that inner circle. You've all been invited into that. And there's no self-promoting. There's no self-boasting about who's the greatest and who's not. The inner circle lives solely to love and serve the king. That's what the inner circle is all about. And in our scriptures here, Jesus is inviting you into that inner circle. He's inviting you to come into the inner circle as his friends. It begins with love. Not just brotherly love, not just family love, phileo, brotherly love, stargay, family love, but agape love, unconditional love, those, those, those characteristics of a friend that I just read, that kind of love, the love that Paul wants you to know about in 1 Corinthians 13, that love, that's the kind of love Jesus is talking about. It's a love that says, you will lay down your life for that person. Look at verse 13. Greater love has no one than this, than to lay down one's life for his friends. Jesus is saying that I don't care what your theology is. I don't care what your theology is or how you have, or and I don't care how wise you think you might be. If you do not love me, Jesus says, and the person sitting beside you, nothing else matters. That's what Jesus is saying here. That's how important love is for one and other. So important that John, again, writes in his first epistle almost the same words that Jesus is using here. If we go to 1 John Chapter 3, verse 16, let me read you what the, the apostle writes. By this we know love, because he, Christ, laid down his life for us, and we also ought to lay down our lives for the brethren. Our lives for the brethren. Christ laid down his life for us. 
He freely gave up his life for us. We ought to have such love for each other, for the body of Christ, that we too would lay down our lives for one another. Paul says in Ephesians 5, love your wives as Christ loved the church and gave himself for it. And God help us that we would do this and that we would love each other this way. Jesus is saying to his disciples and he's saying to you today, that's the kind of love I have for you that I'm going to lay down my life for you. I'm going to prove my love for you by going to a cross. I'm going to show you my love and demonstrate that love. And then he says, as I have loved you, love each other. Love each other with the same love, with the same thing. Self-sacrificing love. Giving love. Laying down your life for one another. Now, The chances of us actually laying down our lives for each other is slim. But it seems to be even more prevalent in this day and age, unfortunately. But it seems to be slim. But let me give you an example. Let me give you an example of what this looks like and what it means. Some of you heard this story and know this story. Dear friend of mine by the name of Bob, Accepted the Lord. Accepted the Lord. He was very hesitant to accept the Lord, but he did. And he started to grow as a Christian. But unfortunately, in his lungs, he had methosophilioma, whatever you call it. He had that horrible thing in his lungs that were deteriorating. And he was fading fast. Been the doctor after doctor after doctor. And they decided they were going to put him on the transplant list. He qualified for the transplant, went on the transplant list, ended up in Chicago at a major hospital there because he was dying. And they were trying to treat him there as his lungs continued to fail. Praise God. A match was found and Bob's name was at the top of the list. Bob was going to get these lungs. He was going to have a new chance for life. He was in his 60s, and he was going to have a new chance for life. He was on the top of the list. The doctors told him that if he didn't get these lungs, he would die in a matter of days. However, a couple rooms down, there was a young boy. A young boy who also was on the transplant list, who also was a match for these lungs that had come in, was also dying, but because Bob was on the top of the list, Bob had first choice. Bob turned those lungs down and gave them to the young boy several doors down. And four days later, Bob went to be with the Lord. That's what it looks like. That's what it looks like. Now, that's a harsh reality of what it looks like. That is a stark reality of what it looks like. Like I said, many of us will never be in that situation. However, we might be in the situation to love one another by laying down our pride, dying to self, giving up ourselves and spending time with one another, giving up of our time, our precious time that we value so much, 
That's laying down our lives. That's giving to somebody. Didn't, didn't the apostle Paul said, look out for your own interests, but also look out for the interest of others. Being others-centered, putting others first instead of yourself. Not forsaking your own interests, but making sure others have more interest. That's what it looks like. And that's what Jesus is saying here. Laying down our lives. Giving up your life for someone else. Giving up your pride. Giving up your sense. Giving up your spot. Giving up your place. Whatever it may be. Some of us have a hard time giving up a parking space. Let alone giving up our life. But that's what Jesus is talking about here. He is talking about sacrifice. Sacrifice. He's going to a cross. He is going to sacrifice for you, for me, for the world. He is going to do that. But he says, you do that. Greater love hath no man. Greater love hath no one. than to lay down his life for his friends. So our friendship with Jesus begins with love. It begins with love. It might be the cornerstone of our friendship with Jesus. Love for him. Love for each other. But the friendship is also built upon obedience. Look at verse 14. You are my friends if you do whatever I command you. So we're his friends, but there's a condition here. To be his friends, there must be love, but there also must be obedience. It's just one commandment. Love others as yourself. Love others. Put others first. It's just one commandment. But man, it might be the hardest commandment of all. It might be the hardest commandment of all. This is love. This is the fruit God wants from you. This is the fruit. Jesus said, apart from me, you can do nothing. Christian love is not a feeling. Yes, it's more than a feeling. I was told that Boston sang that. I had to say that. Christian love is not just a feeling. What is Christian love? It's a choice. It's an act. You're right. It's an act of my will. An act of my will. It's a choice. But if you try to manufacture it, if you try to manufacture this love, you'll find that it is totally impossible for you to manufacture it. It can't be done. One thing people know is what's fake. They can spot it in a heartbeat. This love, this agape love, comes only from what? Abiding in Christ. There's a reason why all that came before this, folks. Abiding in Christ. He lives in me, his word lives in me, and I am washed and cleansed by his word. And then my life begins to produce fruit. What does the fruit look like? I begin loving people. I love those who are around me. I even love the unlovable, which, by the way, none of you are. None of you are unlovable. I can be unlovable at times, but none of you are unlovable at all. You guys are easy to love. But God poured forth his love upon me. He pours forth his love upon me, and then I take that love, and it wells in me up, and he abides in me, and then I love others. You are assured. Our time with you is coming to an end today on A Sure Hope. On our next edition, Pastor Dave Shank will continue this journey through the book of John. But for now, you can listen to more teachings from this series online at assurehoperadio.com. 
We encourage you to download these messages so that they are available wherever you go. You can also subscribe to our podcast on iTunes. Just search for A Sure Hope and see the latest editions as soon as they're posted. If you're enjoying these teachings and would like to get more involved with the church behind this ministry, we'd love to meet you at Calvary Chapel Cape May for a time of worship and Bible study. We meet weekly on Sundays at 10 a.m. Give us a call for more information. Our number is 609-884-5821. Again, that's 609-884-5821. Otherwise, you can visit Assure Hope Radio for times and directions. If you're not able to join us in person, we're streaming our services on Facebook Live. Just look for the link on our website at assurehoperadio.com. Thanks for listening to today's message in the book of John. We pray you continue to be blessed as you study the Word and that you discover how God's doing great things in your life. We look forward to you joining us again as Pastor Dave has more to share from this book that entails where Jesus walked and the amazing wonders he performed while here on earth. He's still doing wonders today too. Come hear about that next time on A Sure Hope.